0: The role of inflation expectations is that it works almost like a time machine. Whatever you think is going to happen somehow ends up happening if the collective, like the whole economy together thinks the same way. So as long as inflation expectations are controlled, we can control the inflation. If inflation expectations are high, inflation is going to go up. If inflation expectations are low, then inflation is going to go down. This podcast is brought to you by Illuminate, the Lehigh Business Blog. To learn more, please visit us at business.lehigh.edu slash news. Welcome,
1: I'm Jack Croft, host of the Illuminate podcast for Lehigh University's College of Business. Today is May 26th, 2023, and we're talking with Fabio Gomez Rodriguez about why inflation expectations are so important. Dr. Gomez Rodriguez is an assistant professor in economics in Lehigh's College of Business. His research interests are time series econometrics, monetary and fiscal policy, and data science. Welcome to the Illuminate podcast, Fabio.
0: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
1: Let's begin by talking about inflation generally. And, you know, as a refresher, what does the inflation rate measure, and what does it tell us?
0: I've been trying to find a way of explaining inflation uh, in an intuitive uh, manner, or in an intuitive way, uh, to say it in a, in a, um, like in, in a story. I like to tell stories. Even when I'm teaching, I try to find stories that help people remember the concepts. And for inflation, I've been thinking about the following example. Imagine I give you right now a $100 bill. I think you'll be very happy that I'm giving you money. And I also tell you, you can spend that $100 bill whenever you want. It Can be today, can be tomorrow, or it can be in in 10 or 20 years. Even if I tell you and give you that flexibility, um, I'm pretty sure you will not wait until 10 or 20 years have, uh, have passed in order to spend this $100 bill. And one of the reasons you won't do it or you won't wait that long is because you know that what you can buy today without that $100 is not, is much more, what you can buy today is much more than what you will be able to buy in maybe 10 or 20 years. And one of the reasons that happens is because of inflation. So I like to always uh, try to to do the the warning, inflation is not a, is like throwing an analogy, Inflation is not a distance, it's more like a speed. How quickly does my $100 bill are losing their value? How quickly is my $100 bill being, or, or, or losing the ability to get me stuff? And that's basically why when inflation is very high, we want to avoid it. We want to avoid very high inflation because salaries and money in general are losing their value. So what I'm trying to to say with this is that inflation is that uh, concept. It's making us trying to spend their money right away as soon as possible. So in a way, it's the opposite of interest rate. Interest rate is why you want to save money and spend it later because you get more and more money every time. So this relationship between inflation and interest rate is what make it's it's the all the like in all in, in life there's an equilibrium and if interest rate is on one side i will definitely say inflation is that other part of the story that other side of the coin that is uh that wants you or makes you want to spend your money as soon as possible in the fear or in or trying to avoid for it to lose uh, value so we want inflation, uh, for once, to be not too high because we don't want inflation to to uh, we don't want our money to lose uh, value. But there's also reasons why I don't want inflation to be low or even negative. Because yeah, it sounds good. Uh, if my money does not lose uh, value, that's a good thing. But actually, inflation it's also good because it makes us spend our money, which uh, makes businesses for example sell more and if businesses businesses sell more they uh, grow and they hire more help in order to get more uh, wages i mean that will get employees more wages and these wages is uh, again is what makes us uh improve or, or or thrive as an economy so inflation is not not necess- it's not all bad what is important is that we keep inflation at a good at a good uh, rate not too high, not too low. So when we say something like inflation is 10%, it means in a way we are being able to buy 10% less stuff every year. And that's why um, the Fed is, or the Fed is institution that is responsible for watching over inflation, that it doesn't get too high. And the Fed, what what they are going to do, they're going to try to keep inflation at two percent, that's what they decided to be their target, and that's the rate that is not too big, but also not too small, and keeps right. uh, the economy uh, moving, but also does not uh, make us lose uh, the value of our money too quickly.
1: Now, you've already touched on the idea of, of expectations that people have expectations of, you know, inflation going up, their money becoming less valuable. So. What is the role that inflation expectations play in the economy? And let's start with the definition of inflation expectations.
0: Inflation expectations is, uh, as the name says, is what we expect inflation to be. It turns out that even if uh, we have followed what inflation has been, what's more what's more important for our decisions, the decisions that we uh, are, for example, to buy a, a car or buy a house, what really will matter is what do we expect uh, to happen with inflation in the future? And that becomes inflation expectations. So if you think, for example, that your money is going to lose weight in a very, very uh, rapid way, then you will want to spend that money. And if many people think like you, a lot of people are going to spend money and in, in, in whatever they want to buy. And eventually that's going to make businesses say, well, I'm selling a lot. So I'm going to increase my prices, my prices to improve my revenue. So what happens is that whenever inflation expectations are on the rise or are high inflation expectations, inflation today turns out to increase. And the same thing happens in in the other case, which would be if inflation expectations are controlled or even low for some reason. Well, that makes us keep our money a little bit longer, and therefore also prices will not respond in us in in a, as, as fast, and, there, and and that makes prices not to increase as quickly, and therefore inflation will be uh, lower. So. The role of inflation expectations is that it works almost like a time machine. Whatever you think is gonna happen, somehow ends up happening if the the the, the collective, like the, the whole economy together thinks the same way. So as long as inflation expectations are controlled, we can control the inflation. If inflation expectations are high, inflation is gonna go up. If inflation expectations are low, infla- uh, then inflation is gonna go down. So that's why uh, the, the Federal Reserve or any central bank, for that um, matter, will pay a lot of attention to what's happening with inflation expectations, trying to keep it not too high, not too low. Usually, they try to make the their inflation target, which for the Fed is two percent, for other banks it could be some other number. Uh, they try to keep inflation expectations as close as possible to the whatever the inflation target, uh, to whatever inflation target they have.
1: I think most of us are used to uh, reading about expected inflation rates for the coming months or year, or hearing about them on the news. Um, I don't know that a lot of us have given much thought to where exactly do those expectations come from. Who is who is setting those expectations?
0: That's a very interesting question. Well, obviously you. Every person uh, pays attention to what's happening in, um, around them. So sometimes you might hear in the news that something is happening. Uh, for example, the war in Europe or maybe COVID is a good example. Things are happening uh, outside uh, or around the world that make, make you want, will make you think, oh, I think prices are going to go up or prices are maybe not going to go up as quickly uh, or even go down if that's the case but it's always difficult to pin down exactly what inflation expectations are. So that's where your question becomes very important. Where where do we, how do we calculate them? How do we uh, measure them? And in general, we can separate two types of ways in which you can calculate or or obtain inflation expectations. One of them is, uh, I call it a little bit more sophisticated, which is market-based inflation expectations market-based inflation expectations are inflation expectations that can be uh, inferred or derived from uh, the difference in the price of financial instruments that are uh, protected against inflation versus those that are not protected. So, for example, if I invest $1,000 somewhere, and they tell me, well, I'm gonna give you uh, in a year. I'm gonna give you hundred dollars on top of your one thousand, and uh, as many dollars or or a little bit more, depending on how much inflation was during this year. So that kind of instrument or that kind of um, investment is pro- is protected against inflation. So how much I will get uh, for my one thousand dollars is uh, will be a little bit less because I'm being pro- uh, this uh, type of product or instrument is protected against inflation. Now if I want to do the same investment somewhere else and they tell me I'll just give you this money and whatever the, whatever the inflation is it's it's your risk. So whenever I'm taking the risk and inflation might make it, uh, less worthy for me to invest my money in this other option, um, that's going to influence the price and how much I will get back from my money in this uh, other alternative. So it turns out that uh, there are mathematical methods and, and, and economic models, uh, econometric models as well, um, that will measure what the uh, uh, implicit inflation expectations of the market are, based on the difference in prices of these two alternatives—some sort of uh, instruments or products that are um, protected against inflation versus some of them that are not protected against inflation—and the difference we say is because of inflation expectations, and then we use that as a number uh, to or, or as a measure of what inflation expectations are. There's a little bit of, uh, well, there's an important thing here. And it is basically that it's not easy for uh, people, economic agents, not everyone uh, will be able or even participate in these markets. So what's going to happen is that inflation expectations that are measured this way are not necessarily the expectations of all the population or the whole population, but it's more like inflation expectations of a very selected group of people and, and what happens is that everyone is part of the economy not just people who invest uh, their money in this type of uh, with this type of alternatives so if you want to to try to have a better understanding of inflation expectations for the whole economy you have to rely in, on the second type of inflation expectation measurements which is through surveys For example, the University of Michigan has a very well-known survey of consumers. They ask many questions uh, about different things. And one of the things they ask is, or one of the questions is, what do you think inflation is, uh, or prices, how how do you think prices are going to change over the next 12 months? And then they also ask, what do you think uh, prices are going, or how do you think prices are going to change from five to 10 years ahead? Because it turns out that inflation expectations, it's not necessarily just a matter of, of what you expect in the near future. Also, what do you think is going to happen in the long run um, matters. So these two types of questions are answered in a survey. And this survey, obviously, because it's much uh, it's much easier to ask, just ask people what their opinion is on inflation expectations. It's also um, covers uh, a much bigger portion of the population. And therefore, it's a little bit, maybe in that sense, a little bit more reliable to try to capture the opinion of uh, all the economy and not just a a selected group of people.
1: It seems like there might be, and you'd made reference to this uh, earlier on, too, almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy that, you know, if you survey a bunch of people and they say, well, you know, the inflation is going to be high, you know, in the next year. Well, when the results of that survey come out, other people who weren't part of it <laughs> hear it, and you know, other people who take the next survey, you know, it almost would seem like it it feeds on itself. That when people keep hearing, well, you know, it's going to be high, then they start thinking it's going to be high, and
0: that's correct.
1: I, I wonder, and and this gets into you know a bit more about uh, the, your research, mm-hmm. but you know, we always hear the the mean or median averages for expected inflation. So let's say the latest information comes out and they're saying, you know, in a survey that it's 3% Mm -hmm. and it's been 3%, you know, in the previous two times, does that mean there's been no change in the inflation rate?
0: Um, No, that's a a very good question because it sets me up to talk about my research, as you mentioned. What happens is that with as as we learn uh, in research uh, it tries to understand better uh, the economy and and especially in macroeconomics that deals with the with accumulation of what the whole population is is doing in the economy the methods that we use uh, to try to understand the economy are slowly becoming more and more uh, capable of 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 or being able to represent even more uh, phenomena that are sometimes more complex. One of the things that happened is that uh, whenever we started thinking about the fact that inflation expectations are important for the economy, at that moment maybe we didn't have computers that are as fast as the ones that we have today, or or, or as much uh, memory as they have today. And even some of the statistical methods that we have uh, we had at that point were not sophisticated enough to deal with the fact that we all have different inflation expectations. So at that moment, uh, the easiest thing to do was, well, I'm going to ask, I don't know, 300 people what their inflation expectations are, and I'm just going to take the average. And that's going to be the inflation expectation, 3%, as you said, for example. And then it turns out that it is possible that in the last three months or three last periods that we observe inflation expectations, the average keep giving me 3%. So it might seem like inflation expectations are not changing. But what might have changed is what's called the distribution of inflation expectations. We don't know if the average if that average of 3% is everyone saying it's 3%, or maybe if some of them say half of them say. and the other half say 4%, that's also an average of 3%. Or what if some of them think inflation expectations or their inflation expectations is 10% and some of them say that their inflation expectation is 2% and then some say 3% and maybe when we put all them together in an average, it becomes 3% again. So what I'm trying to say is that the fact that we observe an average of being of three percent, or maybe a a, a, a medium of three percent, that does not mean that everyone thinks it is three percent, and that's what my research does. What uh, my most recent paper is, um, is about how. Inflation expectations being treated as a whole set of different inflation expectations can give us a new light on how expected inflation influences inflation itself. Hmm. So, um, for example, one of the things that I I measured there is uh, first of all, how decisions of the government, like for example, the Fed changing the interest rates, or maybe the government deciding to spend money uh, in, I don't know, building a new uh, highway or something like that, or even taxes, how this kind of uh, decisions by the government changes the distribution of inflation expectations. Once I've established that, I can I can then, and that's, what's, that's what my uh, research is going to go on with, is going to be what happens now that, that I realize that the decisions of the government can change the distribution of inflation expectations, we can also then realize, okay, what implications... Does it have to actual inflation? And that way we establish what is called a channel in which policy is affecting the whatever variable they want to affect. So, for example, let me uh, summarize a little bit what I'm trying to say. The the Fed changes interest rates to try to fight inflation. They increase interest rate to sort of uh, get back to the inflation that they want to have. There are many ways in which the increase in interest rates is going to affect uh, the economy. And I'm arguing that one of these channels is inflation expectations. With an increase in interest rate, probably there will be changes in what inflation expectations are. People are going to interpret, for example, the news that interest rates are up in a way, or maybe... Just the fact that it would be more expensive for them to buy a house, or it would be more difficult for them to get a loan, or just the fact that uh, maybe you have to pay your your own mortgage so you have less money available every month, all that is going to affect your inflation expectations. So my research is trying to figure out how the fact that not just one number, but a whole set of different inflation expectations is going to affect inflation after looking at some changes in policy. Like, for example, I just mentioned monetary policy.
1: Okay, I think that takes us to our main question for today, which is, why are inflation expectations
0: important? Monetary policy is the first reason, the main reason I would mention. Uh, That's the one I also do the most research on, how monetary policy is influenced by inflation expectations. It turns out that, for example, the Fed decides to increase or decrease uh, interest rates based on what they think inflation expectations are, and therefore, what they think inflation is going to be in the future. So um the main reason i would say is monetary policy but also it's important for us as consumers in our decisions whether or not to use our money right now or maybe save it or invest it for the future if we think inflation is, uh, if for inflation expectations are high we might decide to use your money use our money right now but if we think that there's some sort of stability in inflation expectations we that and together with uh, uh, maybe good interest rates, uh, that will make us maybe decide to spend our money later. So whether to buy a house or a car today or not can be influenced by inflation expectations. The third reason is whenever, for example, you are uh, about to get a job and you are interviewing for it and they ask you about what your salary should be, uh, in a way, you consider the fact that uh, probably that wage is not going to change that quickly over the next couple of months or even years. So you want to make sure that whatever you ask for includes your expectations about about what you will be able to buy with your salary over the next few months or years. So in wage negotiation, inflation expectations become a very important factor in in order to decide... when deciding what number you're gonna ask for uh, when they ask you about your, your salary. Also bonds and investments. Um, some, as I mentioned before, when we're trying to explain how inflation expectations can be determined, um sometimes the decision to uh, invest in one or other uh, type of uh, financial instruments or or doing one or another type of investment will depend on whether or not the, this uh, instrument is or product is uh, inflation protected or not or also if the investment what you're going to get as a return will make up for the fact of what your inflation expectations are you don't want to, i mean even if you get say uh, 10% back but if if you think inflation expectation uh, your inflation expectations is 12% you are going to be able to buy less goods with the money you get after the investment, than with than before the investment. So obviously, that would decide you would decide against it. So basically, inflation expectations matter for our um, our decision to to invest or to uh, buy a, on a specific bond. As you might heard, bonds, for example, are from the U.S. government are considered very low risk or practically no risk, in the sense that you will get your money back that also comes with a price. You don't get as much money as with other risky assets. So if you want to to decide whether you should buy a bond or maybe uh, invest in the stock market, sometimes what you expect inflation to be is going to make your decision easier or not, rather to go a little bit more risky and get more money back, or maybe something more safe. And again, uh, inflation expectations uh, are important factor in making that decision in general uh, as as long as inflation is stable financial markets are going to remain stable as well if at some point uh, if you for example if you face an economy or if if the economy and the financial markets face uh, hyperinflation which is what we call when inflation is uh, way too high on the two digits 10 20 even some some economies have faced 1000% inflation imagine what that is so you basically wake up with some money and you go up, you go to bed and that money is worth 10,000 less. So it's, it's uh, whenever you have hyperinflation, obviously the financial markets lose their stability because investments are just not, you cannot, you don't want to invest your money at all. If you're, you cannot buy anything with whatever uh, um, return you will get. So, as long as inflation expectations are stable that's how your finan- the financial markets are going to remain stable and finally uh, in general for the for for example the again uh, in terms of monetary policy policy anchoring that's what we call whenever we have inflation expectations all close to whatever value you want to have for example the fed wants all all of us to expect inflation to be 2% because that's that's their target so In a way of um, measuring if your policy is being effective is by paying attention to what inflation expectations are doing. So if the Fed... Fed decisions are making more and more people believe that inflation expectations is closer to two percent. We call that uh, an increase or or an improvement in policy anchoring. So that the more anchored inflation expectations are, the easier is going to be the job of the Fed in maintaining inflation uh, inflation and therefore inflation expectations as well stable.
1: Now to summarize, um, I'd like to ask you to talk about what the key takeaways are that people listening today or the people in general should know and keep in mind when they hear the latest news about inflation expectations.
0: I'm going to try to, to talk uh, one minute on what's happening lately. Um, since COVID and especially the war in Europe, mm-hmm. a few things have happened that um, has made inflation to go up. Actually, uh, even a year ago, we were not even sure if this hiking inflation was going to be. A, and this is an important question: if it's going to be permanent or transitory. And what they meant with that is, if it's permanent, um, that sort of would require the Fed to do actively do something about it to get it down again. But if it was going to remain transitory, it. Sort of meant that eventually, on its own, it will go down. What happened is that it didn't go down as they expected at the beginning. So, what has been happening is that with a persistent inflation, inflation expectations had also increased. Lately, and with this increase in inflation, inflation expectations have more and more often been just above the target of the Fed so what the fed is going to focus on right now is in trying to be aggressive at increasing interest rates as much as possible for them without trying uh, trying as much as possible not to hurt the economy and by doing that what we're going to try to achieve is to lower inflation expectations so the 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 main uh, the bottom line of of all this uh, conversation i would say is that if we we should not only care about inflation, we should care about inflation expectations. And actually some some of the arguments that uh, the Fed has been using lately is that they feel that inflation expectations are finally stabilizing and maybe even starting to go down a little bit. So um, what you want to understand from that is that they might uh, stop being as aggressive and increasing interest rates but uh that's a matter and in, in inflation in inflation expectations have this characteristic they are very pers- not not persistent they're very um say it, it's it's slow in changing it changes just little by little so we need to be patient at this point and just wait and see if the um, what the fed has done and what the economy is doing in the last couple of months is going to The results of that, we're going to start seeing it little by little over the next couple of months and hopefully in, I don't know, maybe for the next year approximately to have finally stabilized inflation.
1: With that, Fabio, I'd like to thank you for being with us today on the Illuminate podcast.
0: Thank you, Jack. Uh, I, I enjoyed this conversation a lot. It was a lot of fun. And yeah, I mean, whenever, if anyone uh, listening to this uh, podcast ever wants to talk about inflation, inflation expectations, well, uh, my doors are open and I'll be more than happy to to discuss because as, as you could hear from all our conversation is that inflation is not a, a simple topic. It can be very complicated. And all I try to do is make it uh, simpler to understand. And but as you know, as, or as you could hear, it's, uh, it generates a lot of passion trying to, to understand this uh, interesting topic.
1: And I think you've done a, a very nice job of that today, I will
0: say. Thank you, Jack. Thank you so much.
1: Now, Fabio's research is an example of how Lehigh College of Business faculty and students are creating new knowledge in the field of economics. This podcast is brought to you by Illuminate, the Lehigh Business Blog. To hear more podcasts featuring Lehigh Business thought leaders, please visit us at business.lehigh.edu news. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Lehigh Business. I'm Jack Croft, host of the Illuminate podcast. Thanks for listening.